Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is The Surge Effect, and I'm your host, Mike Surge. This podcast will be talking about anything and everything, life in general to current events and past events, and all things about this beautiful and wonderful world that we live in. And this podcast, well, it'll probably have an effect on you. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of The Surge Effect. In this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about Trudeau's uh, summit over uh, in India. Bit of a disaster. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, Biden and what's uh, going on with him in the last uh, several days down in the States. Lots of happening in the news cycle, of course. But before we get started, we're going to mention a couple of our sponsors. Our first sponsor for today is Love My Legs, Owen Sound, and Grey Bruce. Click on their link below in the description and head on over to their Facebook page and check what they have to offer. Love My Legs allows you to strut with confidence, and they offer three styles of waistbands for comfort and wearability, and they're the only lifetime guarantee in the industry. So head on over to their website and check them out. Our next sponsor is He Shirts, She Shirts. Click on their link below and head on over to their website and check out what they have to offer. And they have a lot more to offer than just T-shirts. That's for sure. So go on and check them out. All right. So today, like I said, we're going to be talking a little bit about what's going on with Trudeau and Biden. So first little clip I'm about to show you is... Speaker McCarthy. Speaker McCarthy is going to be talking about impeachment inquiry. So that's what he has to say. Taken together, these allegations paint a picture of a culture of corruption. Now here's what we know so far. Through our investigations, we have found that President Biden did lie to the American people about his own knowledge of his family's foreign business dealings. Eyewitnesses have testified that the president joined on multiple phone calls and had multiple interactions. Dinners resulted in cars and millions of dollars into his sons and his sons' business partners. We know that bank records show that nearly $20 million in payments were directed to the Biden family members and associates through various shale companies. The Treasury Department alone has more than 150 transactions involving the Biden family and other business associates that were flagged as suspicious activity by U.S. banks. Even a trusted FBI informant has alleged a bribe to the Biden family. Biden used his official office to coordinate with Hunter Biden's business partners about Hunter's role in Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company. Finally, despite these serious allegations, it appears that the president's family has been offered special treatment by Biden's own administration, treatment that not otherwise would have received that they were not related to the president. These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption. 
All right, so you just heard a little bit about uh, what Kevin McCarthy had to to say uh, in regards to uh, the impeachment inquir inquiry. Now, of course, the Democrats would have you believe differently, and um, you heard what McCarthy just said in regards to shell companies and uh, the other evidence they have with the banks that were flagged. Uh, shell companies, think about it, like over 20 shell companies. If you had one, you'd be in prison. Um, anyway, so this uh, gentleman here is um, is uh, Hakeem Jeffries. He is the uh, leader of the Democrats in the House. And uh, this is what he has to say in regards to the impeachment inquiry. Afternoon, everyone. Uh, extreme MAGA Republicans have launched an illegitimate impeachment inquiry that is a kangaroo court, fishing exposition, and conspiracy theater rolled into one. There is not a shred of evidence that President Joe Biden has engaged in wrongdoing. There is not a shred of evidence that President Joe Biden has committed an impeachable offense. There is not a shred of evidence that President Joe Biden has committed a crime. This is an illegitimate impeachment inquiry, period, full stop. Okay, so there's Hakeem saying that there is no evidence, not a shred, that Biden has committed anything or done any wrongdoings, which is laughable. Right? It's laughable. So I'm going to play another little clip. And this was Scott Perry the other day outside the house. And the reporters were just, well, here, have a, have a listen. As opposed to allegations to show to the American public that would merit an actual impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden and prove that today isn't just about some of you. Oh, I don't know. bullied Speaker McCarthy for the sake of enacting political revenge. Uh, this this isn't about political revenge. We have the bank accounts. We can see, man, you can see that the homes that the Bidens own can't be afforded on a, on a congressional or Senate salary. You also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interest. Those things aren't normal. That's not normal to have 20 shell companies. These things are not normal, and it alludes to not only just widespread corruption, but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. And we also have the president, or the vice president at the time, on record saying that the prosecutor was fired. Well, son of a bitch, the prosecutor was fired, right? Because the prosecutor was going after the, the company that his son was working on. That's what we have. If you can't see that, if you are, if you are that blunt, look. I'll turn it well, over to you. The American people can't see that. They huh? think it's political revenge. It's because you don't report on it. Uh, they're, they're, you know, exactly. I'm, I'm not sure effect. how you know what the American people think, but here's what they might wonder. Actually, if you're a federal prosecutor, you would be asking yourself, how can there not have been an indictment for a FARA violation against Hunter Biden? How can there possibly, I, my understanding, and con, con, uh, discussions with staff have confirmed my impulse, that this would be very much the, the basis of a foreign of a, um, a, a foreign corrupt practices act investigation, uh, given the circumstances that we know. The question is, you know, it's funny. After we come out of 
the events of for the, the John Durham, for example, testified to, to our committees about how investigations proceeded through our investigative agencies without proper predication. It's not that you have to prove the case. It's not that you understand to this point, there's not been a single subpoena to a Hunter Biden bank account or a Joe Biden bank account or any other Biden family member's bank account. Because until an, impeachment in, until an impeachment inquiry commences, that's not a jurisdictional possibility. Well, it would be stretching jurisdiction to do that. But there's ample predication at this point in time based on that very unusual set of circumstances, which is for no apparent payment for expertise or services rendered. Biden family members writ large received over $20 million. That we, now, know of. that we know of. It is very simple for someone just to insist there's an absence of evidence. And but you, if you can look in the face of that and contend that, that's, you know, anyone has a right to their opinion. What they can't do is change the facts. Exactly. You cannot change the facts. And facts are facts. So here's uh, another clip. Um, this is um, Byron Donaldson. And um, this is what uh, their committee has found out. And he's uh, just going to their oversight committee, of course, what they found. And he's just going to just explain a few different things here in case you've never heard um, heard this information that they had or this factual information. I'll let uh, uh, Mr. Donaldson explain it to you. Uh, thank you, Chairman. Uh, thanks for being here, everybody. Look, a couple things. Uh, first, what we're seeing here, what we're witnessing with uh, the Biden family Frankly, it's just a web of concealment, of deception. A lot of people would say corruption. But let's be very clear. You have this many companies involved, this velocity of transactions, size of transactions. Like my colleagues have said, this is not how normal businesses operate. Um, I had the ability uh, with Chairman Comer and other members of the committee to go over to the Treasury building and review documents. And having read those documents, one thing is, became pretty crystal clear, that there were many people who had serious questions about the transactions and about the velocity of these transactions, and they either get very, very deep into concealment, hiding money, shifting money. Um, and for the purpose, we don't know, because one thing everybody in this room and the American people definitely know is that the Biden family doesn't really have a business. There is no business structure around this family except politics. And since Joe Biden has spent decades in the Senate, served eight years as vice president, and is now president of the United States, and the family's getting money from various countries and foreign businesses through various shell companies and this web of LLCs, I mean, guys, you in the press, this is easy pickings. I'm giving you Pulitzer stuff here. Like, all you have to do is literally look at our memo and see the level of detail upon which they have created this. And it's very, it's very, very frustrating. We have now been able to clearly see that the Biden's associates, like Rob Walker, Eric Sherman, as has been discussed, created at least 16 companies while Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. 16 companies created while he was vice president. Now the list is 20 and as we continue our investigation, that list is growing. So they've found so many different shell companies and so much money changing hands uh, within the Biden, or, you know, Biden family. It's, it's crazy. If this was any other American citizen, 
it already be hauled up, 100% hauled up, dragged through the court systems, and probably tossed in jail because of what they're doing. They're breaking the law. I think uh, it was Paul Manafort. I think he he uh, violated the FARA, I believe, one time. And, uh, he, of course, he was sent to jail. Uh, I think Hunter did, like, numerous, numerous times. You, a citizen, an American citizen, can't just talk to another country and uh, kind of negate what's going on politically with with other with the government. You can't step in and do stuff like kind of what John Kerry did when he was talking with Iran. Well, he's just a regular citizen. He had no part in the government or anything like that at all. And he was, he said he wasn't, but you know, jury's still out on that one. So with, with Biden, of course, they're saying, oh, he didn't break the law, he didn't do this, he didn't do that. Well, with Trump, when they did what they did with Trump, they released a transcript, of course, and this is basically what Trump said. And this is the actual transcript, and this is what he had said. Right? The other thing he said, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son. That Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do, with the attorney general would be great. Boom. With that being said, the it was like impeachment immediately. That's the transcript when he was talking to President Zelensky in the highlighted in blue I just put up there. That's what that's what Trump got impeached for. That one line. And here you have all this other information with the Bidens. You have all that other information and nothing's happening. So Basically, when they impeached Trump, it was like they said it was a quid pro quo, which is something for something. So, you know, I'll give you this if you give me this, right? Boom. So they impeached him, right? So if you've never, ever seen this video or heard what uh, Biden says to these fellas from the Ukraine, I'm going to play it for you right here because this is a quid pro quo quo, right? In um, 2006, the Ukrainian prosecutor, General Viktor Shokin, in his investigation of corruption of involving Burisma Holdings, a natural gas company, identified Hunter Biden as the recipient of over $3 million from the company. This is the video where Biden gets some, you know, something for something. Uh, not wanting to discuss corruption exposed, Joe Biden swung into action using U.S. loan guarantees as hostage while demanding Shokin be fired. Amazingly, Joe Biden now brags about this action in this matter. It's quite something, because here it is. It is recorded, and the world can see it. Convincing our team, our others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to the press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." 
I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked. I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone. So just like that, quid pro quo, son of a bitch, they fired him. That's right, because he said it wasn't getting any money if they didn't fire him. So that in itself is an impeachable offense. But here we sit, right, and nothing was done. Now, you know, these Democrats will say, you know, Biden didn't do this. and he, You know, yes, there's no evidence that he did that. And, of course, Joe said, you know, he he's never talked to his son about his son's dealings. He has no idea about uh, what his son has, has done and, and uh, with his business ventures and all that stuff. So here's a guy who continuously, continuously tells untruths. He continually tells untruths. He just told two untruths uh, in the last two days, last couple of days. And if you haven't seen them, that what he what he talked about, I'll uh, flip up this one here right now. He talks about 9/11 the other day and said that he was at he was at ground zero the next day. Listen to what he says here. I'm just gonna. Speed her up just a bit. Here we go. The next day, and looking at the building, I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. Ground Zero in New York, and I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating. Now, he said he was at Ground Zero the next day. He was not at Ground Zero the next day. He was actually on the Senate floor the next day. Uh, he didn't go to 9-11 then uh, New York until uh, a week later, ballpark. But the next day, he was literally on the Senate floor giving a speech. So that was a lie just the other day. So this was another lie that he just did just the other day as well. I think this was yesterday. I think this was yesterday, I believe. Um, yeah, let's see. Let's go right about there. Hear what he has to say on this one. Democracy is at stake, folks. Our democracy is under attack. And we got to fight for it. I taught at the University of Pennsylvania for four years, and I used to teach political theory. He said he taught for four years political theory. No. No, he did not. He did not teach for four years political theory. He literally just said this yesterday, which is the 14th of September which was the 14th of September. Today's the 15th of September. Anyway, so there's two things he said just in the last couple of days that are lies. So when he says, oh, I know nothing about my son's dealings and stuff like that, yeah? You want to, you want to go with that? You want to believe that? find that very hard to believe. All right, so anyway, I'm sure there'll be a lot of stuff about the uh, impeachment inquiry and uh, what have you over the next several days. Because uh, you know, it's big. It's big news in the world. Big news in the oh, states, no. and uh, all that fun stuff. So more big news that happened the other day was uh, Trudeau being in India. Now here's a reporter from the Indian TV. You've probably never seen this on mainstream media, especially in Canada. They wouldn't show this, of course, because of you know Bill C. Eleven's probably uh, put the kibosh on uh, Canadians seeing any of this news. Um, when he was over in India. He was shunned basically by uh, Modi, the pr uh, President Modi, and a lot of the goings on that was going on at the uh, at the G20. So listen to what this reporter has to say about uh, about Trudeau. A Canadian Prime Minister. He's had, of course, a meeting with Prime Minister Modi, 
and this is what he's come out and said let me quote this uh, both the issues came up over the years with pm modi we've had many conversation on both those issues canada will always defend the freedom of expression freedom of conscience and freedom of peaceful protest and it is extremely important to us at the same time we are always there to prevent violence and to push back against hatred i think on the issue of the community it is important to remember that actions of a few do not represent the entire community or canada the flip side of it we have also highlighted the importance of respecting the rule of law and we did talk about foreign interference this is on the issue of khalistan so justin trudeau uh, 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 yeah let's listen in then i then i want to discuss what this what this fellow says over the years uh, with uh, prime minister modi we've had many conversations on uh, both of those issues uh, obviously canada will always defend uh, freedom of expression freedom of conscience uh, freedom of uh, peaceful protest that's something that's extremely important to us at the same time as we're always there uh, to prevent violence to uh, push back against hatred i think on the issue of uh, of the community it's important to remember that the actions of the few do not represent the entire community or canada um, the flip side of it we also uh, highlighted the importance of respecting the rule of law and uh, we did talk about foreign interference Anyway, I'm going to stop that little clip. It goes on for several minutes, but this reporter just basically just chews him out, which is good. But there's uh, Prime Minister Trudeau talking about, um, you know, he's all for uh, peaceful protest. Well, the trucker convoy was a peaceful protest. The whole thing was peaceful. It was peaceful until he invoked the Emergencies Act and then it became not peaceful because of the police goons that were there, what they did to the Canadian citizens of this country. In case you've forgotten, I'll just show you a little clip here of what's one of the things that they did. So it was peaceful until this occurred. Was there any need for that? Was there any need for that to occur? Absolutely, 100% not. It did not need to occur. They went to Ottawa and they asked for one thing, to speak and talk and have a dialogue with the leader of the country. That did not happen. Ask yourself, why? Why did he not simply go down and talk to the people that just wanted to have a dialogue that were down there peacefully protesting? Good question, right? Good question. Okay, so next little clip here is just a, was in the, in the paper, actually. That was in uh, Reuters. Modi scolds should over the Sikh protests in Canada against India. That was in, uh, in Reuters newspaper. Uh, this was in the Toronto Sun newspaper. That was Modi, basically. Yeah, this way out, Trudeau finds he has few friends at the G20 summit in India. That was in the Toronto Sun paper. 
He's making all kinds of friends around the world, isn't he? Of course he is. And here's one from Bloomberg, in case you didn't see this one. This is Trudeau was stuck in India with faulty aircraft after hearing criticism from Modi. That was uh, Bloomberg. And in case you don't know who Telsey Gabbard, uh, Gabbard is, Telsey Gabbard was a uh, congresswoman uh, from Hawaii for the Democrats. She actually switched Democrats, went over to the left, the Democrats, and I think now I think she's a Republican or maybe she's an independent. I'm not sure on that. But when she was running for the presidency, this is what she had to say about Canada and the leader. There you go. Basically what they're telling us is you are an enemy of the state if you dare to oppose or even question the president, his administration, or his policies. Shut up, step back, fall in line, or we're coming after you. This isn't some theory. This is reality. And this is a reality we're seeing play out in Canada as we speak. We have the autocratic leader in Canada who's resorted to genuinely authoritarian and tyrannical means to suppress a peaceful mass protest against the power elite there. Everything that we see happening up north, everything from the execution of emergency powers to the freezing of bank accounts, the seizure of children from parents, the destruction of livelihoods and small businesses, all of these things could happen here. Yeah. They could. If you don't think that they could happen in your country, they could. Because they happened in this country. This country that has a Bill of Rights, Charter of Rights, and Freedoms. Your country, in, this, in the States, of course, has a Constitution. You don't think it could happen in your country. Well, it happened here in Canada. My fellow citizens were stomped and stompled and trampled by horses because he created this emergency act, invoked it because of a peaceful protest. So here's what happened with uh, Trudeau again last year with um, President uh, Xi Jinping. They had a discussion, and Trudeau leaked it. And here's Xi Jinping basically scolding Trudeau about it. This was last year at the G20. So it just keeps getting better and better. I mean... This is a world stage, and this is our leader being. Oh, here we go. Everything we discuss is leaked to the paper. That's not appropriate. And that's not all the way the conversation was conducted. If there is if there is sincerity on your part, free and open and frank dialogue, and what we will continue to have, we will continue to look to work constructively together. But there will be things we will disagree on, and you will not. Yes, Let's create the conditions. Now, Trudeau literally just said that in Canada, we believe in a free and open dialogue. I don't know if you caught that or not. Go back and have a listen to it again if you'd like. Did he come down and have a free and open dialogue with the truckers, with the convoy, with the peaceful protest in Ottawa? No. Just words. Simple words. Actions. 
mean more than words. Good, honest actions. Speaking of actions, here's Trudeau here saying one thing once again and doing another. This happens over and over and over again. And people like Trudeau and Macron, people around this world keep getting into power, but the people, the masses, don't want them in power. How did they get in power? How did these people get into positions of power? Blows my mind. Listen to this. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated. So unless people have a medical exception, they will not be able to board a plane or a train in Canada if they are unvaccinated. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated. If you want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. But don't think you can get on a plane or a train besides vaccinated people and put them at risk. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated. And if you make a choice, a personal choice, to not get vaccinated, then I will have no sympathy for you when you come to me and said, oh, but I can't go out to a restaurant with my friends, or I'm not being allowed to go to the gym, or my employer uh, is telling me I have to continue to work from home. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated. The bottom line is, uh, if anyone who doesn't have a legitimate medical reason for not getting fully vaccinated chooses to not get vaccinated, there will be consequences. And therefore, he literally kept saying, right, that, you know, he didn't force anyone to get vaccinated, but he did. He did. I personally know people who lost their jobs in Canada here because they chose not to take the vaccine. It's a personal choice, right? And people can argue for and against, but since then, all the things that have happened because of the vaccine, you have, you know, myocarditis, people who, young men, I know young people who've had myocarditis because of the vaccine, period. All these different things that have occurred with young people, middle-aged people, older people, and, you know, it's a choice. So people made the choice, just like you make choices with everything else in your life. Throughout this, throughout this life, you make choices. People chose not to, people chose to. People that chose to. And they had no idea the ramifications of that choice came back to haunt them later. It's unfortunate. So this is what's transpired with um, uh, Biden, of course, and, and Trudeau in the last uh, several weeks, couple of weeks, uh, of course, with the, um, the G20 summit in India. And um, Trudeau, of course, having a rough go over there with uh, Modi and um, Biden with the impeachment inquiry. So there you have it. Uh, that podcast was about 30 minutes long. Um, thank you so much for uh, listening to what I had to say about these two guys. Uh, I'm sure you have your own thoughts. If you want to drop some comments below, feel free. Um, thank you very much for subscribing uh, to the, my channel. Uh, please like it. Uh, it helps with the algorithms for sure. Uh, all my videos are also sent to Rumble. And um, I'm, I can be found on any, any podcast app, um, iPhone or Android. Just uh, type in The Surge Affect and uh, you will see my TSA with my microphone there. It's a black and white, uh, my black and white logo. Um, 
I'm also on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram and, and Twitter as well. Uh, drop me a line on Twitter. Hook up, hook me up on Twitter. Uh, listen to some of the stuff that I post on Twitter as well. Um, try to keep I try to keep informed what's going on in this world, and I uh, suggest that you all do the same. And uh, always remember that these politicians work for us. We do not work for them. And please always remember to drop them a line. Your MPs here in Canada, your MPPs down the states, your senators, your congressmen and women, um, drop them a line and uh, touch base with them. Tell them what you what you like, what you dislike. But these people have to make uh, our lives better, not worse. That's the key to 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 life too, right? Is having a, a good life, not a bad life. And these politicians they should be empowered to make our lives better always better so if they don't keep going up that ladder to make our life better and for some reason we keep going down then they got to go right like there's no saying right if uh, your car is, is broken and you keep taking it to the same mechanic in the last 10 years and it's still broken well you got to change mechanics it's time for you to change mechanics politicians are no different if they're not making your life better, it's time to change a politician. It's time to change them. Anyway, like I said, thank you very much for listening to my podcast. Much appreciated. And until next time, everyone, have yourself a great day. Cheers. This episode sponsored by He Shirts, She Shirts. Go to www.heshirtsheshirts.ca. Just type in the letters TSA, the surge effect. When you check out, type in TSA for your coupon and receive 10% off your next purchase. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, everybody.